My name is Olu, and I'm a PhD student in Johnson Shiryama Graduate School of Public Policy, researching on agricultural cooperatives and food security. Hi, my name is uh, Adrian, and I am a PhD student in the College of uh, Science and Arts, uh, researching on population genetics, ecology, and evolution of ticks species, uh, Demacento variabilis in Western Canada. Before we starting, I would like to share with you uh, an excellent quote of uh, Benjamin Franklin. Tell me and I forget. Teach me and uh, I remember. Involve me and I learn. In my personal opinion, this is an uh, great quotes um, i always try to 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 share with my students um, at the beginning of the lesson a quote during the a couple of times this is an excellent exercise exercise to keep them uh, motivated engaged and inspired for the the rest of the lesson most of the time that works so i recommend to to everyone that if want to take this uh, exercise into the the classroom. Thank you, Adrian. Today on the Intro to University Teaching Podcast, we're talking about need versus nice. In other words, we're talking about how to distinguish between what content is essential to know, the one that is nice to know, and the one that is not necessary to be included in our lessons during the process of design and structure of the course. We, we covered this course in week four, this content in week four of our GPS 989, Introduction to University Teaching Course, where we learn how students learn, how to plan for teaching, and how to design short courses using the BOPPS model. That is the bridging, outcomes, pre-assessment, participatory, learning, post-assessment, and summary. The purpose of this podcast is for us to share what we used to think and what we now think or do regarding teaching. Yeah, that is excellent. And I hope that we we can be able to, to abort of this topic during the, the next 20, 30 minutes. So, the main researchers and experts in this uh, area, uh, I read about it in in a paper that uh, Professor Aditi recommends in the in a pre-course uh, work. This paper was uh, titled um, uh, "Adapting Adult Learning Theory to Support Innovative Advanced uh, Online Learning." WBMD model. This paper was published in the Research in Higher Education Journal by Professor Julian Ruth from the West Texas A&M University. That was really interesting because uh, this paper are uh, described that innovations in technology um, adult educators can begin to create learning uh, opportunities in a very uh, expense, expansive uh, terms. In addition, the paper discussed and demonstrate how to 
construct an innovative online course that has a significant foundation in, in key adult learning theories. Including, I mean, these theories include the, the John Watson behaviorist theory, the Lev Vygotsky social development theory, John Mesidoff critical reflection theory, and John Dirks nurturing salt in adult learning theory. These theories uh, should serve as the foundation for uh, an rich uh, online learning uh, experience, uh, spe uh, specifically because um, illustrating what uh, the behavior is, uh, social development theory, political reflection, and nurturing the soul looks like uh, in the online classroom and how to merge established uh, learning knowledge with uh, advancing technology uh, so the, the professors or adult uh, educators can implement a broad vision of opportunity uh, we have experienced this uh, during the last year with this COVID situation we we, we have uh, migrating mm for their online learning, basically. So, what is about it? I mean, we would like to, uh, during this uh, lesson, I think that the Vygotsky social development theory is the theory that we would like to go through. So, can you explain that the main concept of this uh, theory, Olu? Thank you, Adrian. Yeah, the, the social development theory postulated by Rygoski supports that active learning, the one that is directed by the students and facilitated by the teachers where the students or the learners are encouraged to construct their own meaning. You know, with this theory, learning becomes an interactive and dynamic process for the instructor and the, and the student were both sharing and interacting. Rygoski's social development theory introduces two major principles. First off, cognitive development is limited up to a certain extent or within a certain range at any given age of the individual. Secondly, an individual's full cognitive development requires social interaction. There are three teams that support Vygotsky's theorist principles, and these are about social interactions, the more knowledgeable other, and the zone of proximal development. Excellent. And I think that we're going to, to we're going, we should, we must going into the, the this uh, concept, the social, the zone of uh, proximal development. Uh, since Vygotsky, states that uh, this concept is related with the uh, the distance between the actual developmental level have determined by independent problem solving and the level of potential development has um, determined through problem solving problem solving under adult guidance or in collaboration with more um, capable peers 
in, in other words, it's uh, what the, the learning is able to do without guidance, I mean, uh, independently, versus uh, what they need to, to assist them. Mm -hmm. Assistance, yeah. Um, then there are what uh, students can do independently and what the students require assistance. Uh, as I say, so uh, we need to define what the, the students can do without any learning taking place and there what they cannot do without uh, assistance. In between these two sides, uh, is the zone of uh, proximal development, which uh, is described like the, the sweet spot of learning where instructions uh, to students are more uh, beneficial for, for them. Thank you, Adrian. You know, the students will only move to the next stage of learning only if they have mastered the previous steps of learning. That's what Vygotsky said. Now, now, the best way to assist students to learn is to use a system that is called scaffolding, and that is structurally effective guidance to help students in effective learning. And now, now there is need to know. Now, this this is the less imperative knowledge or skill based on students' current grade placement. You know, you can de-emphasize it without putting the students' learning process in jeopardy. And now there's the nice to know, and this is an information or process that adds substance or interest to a subject or skill. You see, it may be skipped entirely without jeopardizing students' progression through basic skill. It can also be used to broaden a subject area or used as an enrichment material. It is used to attract the students to areas of discipline as they usually reflect affective needs and emotional connections to particular content of subject areas. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, I mean, there is a um, uh, big place, uh, and there is really important the social interaction between the, the students. Uh, exactly. I remember that um, for this week lesson, the Professor Aditi and Marley facilitate us to activities or exercise. Um, they prepare for this topic the diaper and cake exercise. <laughs> yes. Through the, the, the mural. I hope you, you remember that was a really yes. Yeah, yes, yes. was really uh, fun and really really exciting. good. Exciting. Yeah. I remember that the main question there was for example, what is everything you could ever need to know about uh, putting a diaper on a baby? Oh, mm -hmm. in, in the other case is uh, the same question, but uh, what do you know about uh, making a cake? In this exercise, there the classroom was divided into small groups, four small groups, for discussion and assessment on to what degree or what deep knowledge the students have to about this, this topic. In my case, for my work group, we pick up the diaper exercise using the new parent of the student level, because at that time I was basically a new parent. I, I was struggling with this uh, situation of putting a diaper on, on a baby. And we try, and there we, we try to, to respond the, the basic question from uh, how learning works. And during the exercise, I felt that we were learning in the in the zone of proximal development since during this group work session or discussion 
each team member gave uh, their own ideas of how to change uh, a baby diaper based on previous knowledge and experience. To complete the exercise, I, I remember that we need to, to complete a, sequ a sequencing template. Right. And we were able to, to follow the teacher, and, I mean, that it is uh, instructions, scaffold the essential content, maintaining attention on, on the task, uh, sequencing, and interact socially by group discussion. In other words, uh, by the end of this exercise, we uh, we were able to uh, to distinguish between what is essential to know, nice to know, um, not necessary. Paulo, can you explain what you used to think about this topic, what you know now about this topic, what you, you can take about it? You know, the truth is, I honestly didn't know much about this topic until I took this course i was blank i didn't know nothing but i i i really appreciate my taking this course because it actually opened me up and allowed me to know something yeah i was in the on the same space uh, didn't know much about this topic until i took this course this part of the course is mainly related with the design and structure of the the course or, or lesson now i try to answer uh, some basic questions. For example, I try to, to answer um, regarding what uh, things the students can do on his or her own, the two easy tasks or based in the prior knowledge that the student have. Uh, another question is uh, uh, things that the students can do with help, with assistance. Um, and there is the zone of proximal development. We looking for keep our students in this zone. Of course, we need to be able to, to identify what things the, the students can do by themselves. So we need to to try to to put there in that uh, in that point. I think this like a basic example is um, teaching our our child to to ride a bike. Our kids they know what the bicycle is. They know that they need protection. I mean, they need to fit the, the helmet, the knee pad, the, the, the elbow pad. They need to fit the seat high. And during this process, first, uh, we, we hold our child and they pedal. And in some point, we just slowly take your hand away. And that's it. Our child is riding a bike. Okay. Uh, maybe it's a bit metaphoric, something like that, but this is my my way to see this uh, topic yeah uh, yeah yeah this is a basic example so uh, what can you see how uh, this topic is connected with the lesson planning and uh, how it's contribute to more than uh, one area in this uh, boppps uh, model for for class design oh yes thank you Adrian. yeah just just before going to that you know you know that, that I now understand the need to appreciate the skill level of every student, you know, before attempting to take them to a higher level of learning skill. And, and now for this one, it has actually contributed to more than one areas of BOPPS. For instance, it connects to lesson planning in that it allows me to organize and deliver my course content and to plan to prepare learning activities and materials. You see, it contributes to BOPPS in that I now know the importance of bridging, you know, bringing in that story that connects them to the course that you're teaching, which, which makes the students to be emotionally connected to what you want to teach and the lesson outcomes in planning my lessons. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean, 
for me, it's connected with most of these parts of this uh, model. Um, for example, with um, the outcomes, it's it's connected because the outcomes we we need to know um, what the students are able to do, know, or, or what we want they value uh, at the end of the of the lesson, and we know that there we we need to chunk, sequence, and scaffold the, the essential content. There. Yes. Um, also, it's connected with the participatory um, learning, but basically, for me, it's connected with most of part of this uh, um, of this model with the OPPP mm -hmm. <laughs> parts of the of, of this model. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I think that. Um, we we need to think about what we would like to go next in this topic and where are our shortcomings so um i think that i would like to go next in this uh, topic uh, through the sequencing tasks i mean this, this um constructive alignment that involve uh, outcomes assessment uh, uh, and teaching Mm. Um, because it will help to teach you to scaffold essential content by chunk and sequence uh, course content, we can talk there about the outcomes and the timing. But in my personal experience, the most critical part of writing, for example, a, a learning outcome is use the correct bear. Since the, since the students need to, to understand what action or type of thinking the, the teacher wants um, that they be able to produce or deliver as uh, evidence of their learning. Yeah, unfortunately, for mastery of this part of the course design, the Bloom Taxonomy Action Verbs also help us to build competence, you know, in writing learning outcomes, you know, because it goes from basic understanding to complex creating levels of thinking which includes, you know, remembering, <laughs> understanding, you apply it, you analyze it, you evaluate it, and then you, you, you create it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the Bloom's uh, taxonomy action verse is, is really helping tool that we have to, to, to choose the, the, the right bear to, to use there. So any final thoughts or comment for our audience? Yeah, you know, this topic is essential for learning design, I think, and for structure too. And Vygotsky believes that learners should be engaged, which I agree with, and be active in their learning experiences. And that way where they have social interaction and the more knowledgeable other is scaffolding learning, not direct learning. Then how we learn influences how we set our course structure. We want our students, definitely I want my own students to be in the zone of proximal development as described by Vygotsky. Exactly, yeah. Uh, maybe a final piece of advice is that to effectively work in this in the zone of proximal development, you need or we need as uh, professors or teachers to know where your uh, students are coming from and where they need to go. Uh, mm -hmm. To get, I mean, to get the, the students where you need them to go and you have to plan or design 
uh, what they have uh, when you start and where you want to end. I mean, in other words, uh, you need to be aware uh, about the, the about timing. You can mm. spend more of your less on time in the introduction. You need to be aware about it. For example, during our four minutes mini lesson, <laughs> I can be able to to do that. Um, I spend most of the time during the, the introduction of the of the lesson. I miss it. So, but I learn my 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 the lesson, and for the ten minutes uh, mini lesson, I I was aware about the timing, and I make um, I mean I achieve that. So <laughs> good. So. Uh, hello. Uh, before yes. finish, uh, I would like to. Oh, I mean, we would like to to bring to, to the audience some uh, reflections about uh, privilege, power, and justice in the classroom. Yeah. And for this podcast, um, we have uh, a letter from a professor from Uruguay. So uh, the Uruguayan journalist and academic uh, Leonardo Habercon resigned to continue giving cl classes uh, in the communication career at the ORT University of uh, Montevideo. Through this letter that has shocked the world of education. And this is uh, the letter uh, the professor writes. Uh, After many, many years today, I gave class at the university for the last time. I got tired of fighting against the smartphones, against WhatsApp, Instagram, and Facebook. I give up. I throw the towel. I got tired of being talking about issues that I am passionate in front of boys and girls who cannot take off the view of a phone that uh, doesn't cease to receive selfies. Of course, it's true. Not all of them are like that, but each semester there are more and more. Until three or four years ago, the exhortation to leave the phone side for at least 90 minutes or to alone outside so has not to be rude, it still had some effect. It's enough, no longer. It might be me, who has worn out me too much in combat. Or maybe I am doing something wrong. But there is something true. Many of these students are not aware how much offensive and hurtful is that what they do. In addition, it is increasingly difficult to explain how journalists work in front of students who don't consume it or cease meaning to be informed. This week in class came the topic of Venezuela. Only one student between 20 could say the basics of the conflict, the very basic thing. The rest didn't have the slightest idea. I asked them if they knew what Uruguayan was in the middle of that storm. Obviously, no one knew. I asked them if they knew who Almagro is? Silence. To the tired ones from the bottom of the classroom, a single girl barely says, was not, the, um, was not he the counselor? So, 
This situation is with everything. Another question. Another question. What is <laughs> happening in Syria? Silence. Wow. What party is more liberal? Or it is more the to the left wing in the United States? Democrats or Republicans? The answer: silence. <laughs> do you know who Vargas Llosa is? Yes, I do. Excellent. So one read any of his books? No. No one. And sorry that young people cannot leave the cell phone or even in class. Connecting people so much misinformed the, with the journalists is complicated. It's like teaching botany to someone who comes from the planet where vegetables don't. In an exercise in which they had to go out and seek news on the streets, um, as students return with the news the, that daily and magazines are still sold on the street. There comes a time when being a journalist plays against you because mm -hmm. one is trained to put on the shoes of the other, cultivate empathy as a basic word tool. And then you see that uh, these students who continue to have uh, the same intelligence, sympathy and warmth as usual, they were a scheme that the fault is not only of them, that the enclavement and the disinterest were not born alone, that there the curiosity was killed with each teacher who stopped correcting the spelling fault. They told then that everything gave more or less the same thing. Then, when uh, one understands that they are also victims, uh, almost uh, without uh, realizing the guard uh, goes down, and the bad or poor ends up being approved as a mediocre. The mediocre goes through good, and the good, the few times it's arrived, is uh, celebrated as if it uh, were bright. I don't want to be part of that perverse cycle. I never went like that, and I I won't be. What I do, I always like doing my well. I always try to give all my best, so it's enough. I can't stand the disinterest to each question I make, and the answer the answer is silence, 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 silence. Okay, the students want that the class to end. Me too. So right. this is, yeah, this is a, a literally really sad. And I remember that our first lesson, Aditi gives us these uh, some ideas of what we would should respect during the course uh, with these uh, four principles of uh, be kind, be mindful, and check before to share, and respect the, the copyright. But um, I mean, this is just a piece for for reflection. Um, I hope that be useful. There we we have um, some more recommendations, so please follow. Yeah, I think I think yeah, I think it's really useful, like especially what Aditi told us: be kind, be respectful, have an idea about what the other people are going through. Yeah, this is good. We learned it in the course, but now you see, we also recommend listening to one podcast of your choice from the website Teaching in Higher Ed, where you can find excellent talks reflections and advices on teaching, including course design, instructional methods, creativity in teaching, ethics in teaching, assessments and grading and excellence in teaching. 
And finally, we would like to recommend that you watch the American drama film, Dangerous Minds, released in the year 1995, which was directed by John M. Smith and starred by Mitchell P. Fairfax. She characterized a former Marine, Luan Johnson, who uses unconventional teaching methods to inspire teenagers attending a notorious inner city high school. After having a terrible first day, she decides she must throw decorum to the wind. When Johnson returns to the classroom, she was so armed with a no-nonsense attitude, informed by her military training and a fearless determination to better the lives of the students, no matter what the cost. Yes, this uh, is an uh, excellent uh, movie. Maybe most of us have watched it. It's a, it's a 90s movie. For those that uh, don't watch it, I'm pretty sure that they are familiarized with the soundtrack of the of this movie, the, this Gangsta's Paradise, and seen it by Julio and featuring uh, the rapper uh, LB. That's it, Olu. Yeah. It's been a, a great uh, company and great time with you. Yes, Adrian. So for our audience, uh, thank you for listening and check out uh, our other intro to university teaching episodes at uh, the link below in the description. Thank you so much, uh, Olu. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. I thank wish you, you all the best. Have a, a nice day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.